Hi guys, welcome to the first episode of A Soulful Storm in 2020. Um, I hope you guys had a good festive season and I sincerely hope that your 2020 will be better than 2019. So if you had a crappy 2019, um, like I did in several ways, <laughs> I hope this year significantly better. And even if you had like a great 2019, I hope your 2020 just flourishes. So, so I want to talk about the things that have just brought soul to my heart. So one of them would be Beyonce's new Ivy Park advert. Um, I love Beyonce so much and I really like the brand Ivy Park. There was one Christmas, I think, the year it launched. My sisters and I all got each other Ivy Park stuff. So I'm really excited for her to be collaborating with Adidas, but... One thing I noticed in the advert, besides, you know, the beautiful brown people, um, her her braids that were in the Ivy Park, that had Ivy Park written in it because, you know, black hair shapeshifters that we are. But the South Korean singer CL was in the the advert as well. And... I think it's so cool that Beyonce asked someone who who has been heavily immersed, sec, who's a second generation K-pop idol, to be in her 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 marketing video. And again, it, to me, it just is a reminder that Beyonce is the queen of marketing because today I saw all these South Korean publications. Um, all my K-pop, Swimpy, talking about CL being in the the video, and essentially meaning that they're talking about Ivy Park in itself. Uh, publications that would not be talking about Beyonce because she's got nothing to do with the South Korean industry. So this is an example of how representation does good for everyone because... I promise you there's going to be some people who will know CL's name literally off the strength of her being next to Beyonce. I mean, she was literally next to Beyonce. And there's going to be quite a few people in, and probably like CL's fan base even, who will purchase Ivy Park. So, you know, win-win for everyone. And another thing that brought soul to my heart was just this week I went to go see my friend Harry Tubman, who is the host of... Um, tales from the plantation and it was good to catch up with him just you know see where we are with life and you know just to wish each other well and encourage each other and if you guys are not listening to tales from the plantation guys you really really should be it is an amazing podcast and they just talk about you know blackness the goodness the bad there's so much banter on there and I've been privileged enough to be a guest on there twice but yeah guys it's available on Spotify, SoundCloud so 
shout out to Tales on the Plantation. Um, please take yourself over to listen to them. Also, side note, my sister, Sayella, who is also on this podcast, said to me that she thinks that I like Beyonce more than BTS. <laughs> and um, I would just like to clear that up now. No, I don't. I have been standing for Beyonce since I was 10 years old when Independent Women came out by Destiny's Child. I have been aware of Destiny's Child um, from the Writings on the Wall album, but I started standing for Destiny's Child in 2000. When Destiny's Child came to the Brit Awards and performed that song, my goodness. She had the nerve to say to me, oh, if... Beyonce, you've got the opportunity to see Beyonce front row or you have the chance to see BTS front row. Who are you picking? Beyonce. Because that woman has been a consistent for like almost 20 years of my life. However, if it happens to be enlistment year for BTS, I may have to go see them first because they'll be gone. But yeah, so excited for Ivy Park. Beyonce above everyone else. Come on now, BTS just got here in my life. So, <laughs> guys, I'm ridiculous, I know. So, going into our like pop culture news segment, uh, 2020 has already started off weird, man. Uh, We've had Trump authorise the killing of this Iranian general, um, Sol Samani. And, oh my goodness, if I pronounced that wrong, I am so sorry. I apologise. And I know everyone has been bantering about, you know, World War Three, And there's been jokes on, like, Twitter and Instagram and all other social platforms. I don't know, especially my people. You know, we bant about everything. But in some ways, man, the situation is really not funny. It's not good. And I hope that the UK has a good sense to stay out of it, man. Behind this special relationship between the US and the UK, there is no special relationship, it's the UK followers around America like a lapdog and everything that they say goes, we, like, we were not consulting in this, don't bring us into this nonsense, and do I think that Trump has absolutely done this to distract from the fact that um, the House of Representatives impeached him, the fact that it's an election year, I think that all of this was orchestrated, and I obviously did not know anything about this Iranian general up until he was killed. I can't speak on the fact um, whether he has done terrible things in his country or to other people. I don't know. I will be doing the research and I encourage people to do the same. I think it's important not to fall for the propaganda of, you know, he was a terrorist, he did this, he did that. Because those were the same things that were said um, in 2003, 2004 about the weapons of mass destruction and how we, we were justified in invading Iraq. And as we now know, 
that information was not true. Uh, millions of people have been killed in Afghanistan, in Iraq. And I want people not to forget that there's still British and American troops there. The war on terror technically is not over. I mean, it's all just a ploy at the end of the day to gain control over oil. And I just, I ask people to be vigilant and to research. And my heart really goes out to all the Iranians and Iraqi people who are surely going to feel the brunt of this. None of us who live on this side of things know what it's like to live in a constant state of fear that your house your village or town could be bombed. You don't know what it's like to have soldiers walking through your town. Soldiers who claim to be the good guys. Who could arrest, rape, kill. Like order a drone strike and that's you just wiped out. So you know, my heart goes out to... The Middle East, man, this, I, I really feel like this didn't need to happen. So it's screw chump. And another thing that's been happening on the news, it turns out that Meghan and Harry are bouncing. They have announced that, you know, they are taking a backseat from being royals. I believe, did it say that they're going to be of senior status? I need to correct, find out the correct term of what status they will have. I believe they're still keeping their titles. But they are, like, really taking a step back from, like, the royal engagements that they have had before. And they're going to be between America and the UK. And there's, like, huge speculation that, you know, they'll be moving to Canada. And can I just say, good for them good for them well done in leaving this toxic ass country because the the level of scrutiny and visceral and just sheer cruelty that Meghan Markle has been under since it was just found out that she was dating Prince Harry has truly been disgusting and maybe we've just got used to it but I cannot actually imagine what that poor woman has gone through I I I don't know what it's like to to see news headlines about myself that are that aren't true or they're just founded in pure and utter nonsense. But Meg, my, my, honestly, my heart really goes out to Megan. I know what it's like to face racial discrimination. I do. I think many people who are black in the UK do. But what what Megan has had to go through is 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 just it's just it's awful. And this country has had zero chill on her and 
I know Prince Harry told a lot of the press to call their jets um, before the wedding and the press did and it, they were very nice up until the wedding and then as soon as that couple got back from the from their honeymoon their the hate campaign began and it even got worse when Megan was pregnant and I don't know the stress of being a pregnant woman and just just the horrible things that were said about her from rubbing her baby bump or to the fact that she wore an off-shoulder dress which Kate never got any slander for or I will never forget the article from the Daily Express saying that Meghan was the reason that Prince Harry was bolding as if every man in Prince Charles's generational line has not had a cursed hairline it's it's been abysmal and most of us saw the clip of um, the BBC when they did when they followed Meghan and Harry on their African tour and the reporter asked her how she was doing and Meghan said that you know it, it, it's been hard for her and that reporter was the first person to even ask her how she was doing that is sad that is that is so so sad and honestly the way the press in this country have been acting towards it i mean they should feel shame of course they don't and you can see that they don't because the way that they're acting now is <laughs> they're acting like megan and harry are so ungrateful like how dare they take a step back i saw the guardian had an article with a headline today that's calling um Harry and Meghan entitled Spoiled Brats. I was like, well, here is exhibit A of why they're leaving. Because you guys have no chill. You have no respect for this woman. You don't care. Um, You treat her husband like her. Like, here's the thing. You treat Meghan like a nigger and Harry like a nigger lover. So he can get the smoke too. And, sorry, I have to lubricate my throat. I personally take joy in the fact that Harry and Meghan didn't go through um, royal protocol to make this announcement. Um, They bypassed um, royal correspondence. And Buckingham Palace have issued, um, have said that, you know, they felt blindsided by this statement that, you know, they're taking a back seat and you know they're very disappointed and to that I say and so you're so disappointed I literally do not remember any statement about the Buckingham Palace being disappointed about Prince William's alleged affair with that woman who basically could be Kate Middleton's uglier doppelganger like the future king is no different from his father, the one who's closest in line, having affairs out here <laughs> with his wife's former friends. I, correct me if my memory's wrong, but I do not remember 
the palace making a statement of how they're so disappointed in Prince Andrew, who was befriending child sex offenders. Like, the, the vim that they have for Meghan and Harry, the way they don't have for anyone else, is... <laughs> It's so ridiculous. And then there's this headline by, was it the Daily Mail, um, saying that Princess Diana would be so disappointed by what Harry and Meghan have done. I was like, okay. Actually, I want to read the, the headline properly. It was the Daily Mirror. It said, Princess Diana would be furious. Harry's been manipulated. <laughs> Claim. Now, if there's one thing we are not going to do, we're not going to fabricate history. Princess Diana did everything to escape the royal family and we literally witnessed it cost her her life. I can promise you that Princess Diana not only would have supported this decision, Princess Diana probably not would have suggested the idea to Harry would have like helped them write the status the statement saying that you know we're out of here deuces we are so done with you people and your toxic media and she would be helping them picking out the furniture for their house in Canada right now like Princess Diana was so anti-establishment and if anything, people like the Daily Mail were probably similar to the people who were chasing her down when she died. So, you know, let's not make stuff up. To, to even bring up Princess Diana's name is so ugly, so disgusting. The lack of respect. The way the media acting today, honestly, is... <laughs> It's exactly why Meghan and Harry are leaving. Watch everyone pra practically paint this narrative that this is all Meghan's idea. This was all her fault. When it wouldn't surprise me if this was Prince Harry. Let's keep it 100. Prince Harry has very much been anti, like, you know, all this... Um, royal waving and protocol anyway we have seen harry do the most rebellious things in his time growing up are we that we're forgetting this is the same guy who wore a nazi uniform who walked nude around vegas like we we and in this country we've all made jokes and banter about how if prince harry was ever to be next in line to throne he'll be crying his eyes out so are you really that surprised when people have been attacking his wife constantly comparing his son to a chimp in a suit that he would be like you know what forget all of you i'm out of here i really commend the man for taking real stock of his wife's mental health and be like you know what i'm taking my family and i'm doing what's best for us and this christian men is how how you are meant to lead your family not just christian men anyway any man this is how you're meant to lead your family what does the bible say a man 
shall leave his father and his mother and <laughs> be united with his wife. You're the person who asked your wife to be one with you. You're the one who asked her to join your family. It is your job then to protect her, even if the people you're having to protect her from are your own family. This is what a real man does. A lot of you struggle with that. A lot of you ask women to join your family and then do not protect her against your moms, your dads, your sisters, your brothers. Like This is what a man does. Because I truly believe that if... <laughs> If Megan continued to keep quiet and be subjected to this visceral by the media, it more than likely would have broken up her marriage because we can see it draining the life out of her. So kudos to them. I'm very happy. To freedom you go. <laughs> ah, the ram to my chest. Um, other things that have happened, it's award season, um, film award season, um, in the Western world. And I found, I found it so funny when the Golden Globes are happening because I've been so immersed in Korean entertainment stuff that the Golden Globes completely to me by surprise. I was like, oh my gosh, it's happening. And I used to be the kind of person where... I would be ready for the Golden Globes, the BAFTAs, um, um, the SAG Awards leading up to the Oscars, everything. And it hit me by surprise. And it's funny how I'm not as interested, but it probably has a lot to do with the lack of women and especially the lack of black people. But at the Golden Globes, I did really enjoy Ricky Gervais's monologue. I love how he gave no he didn't give a damn because it was the last time he says he's hosting the golden globe so he just let it rip and you know called out a lot of celebrities on the fact that you know you make your your political speeches up here but a lot of you work for really shady companies which there's some truth to um Nothing monumental happened for me um, at the Golden Globes besides Aquafina being the first Asian American, maybe not even Asian American, I think it's the first Asian woman to win lead actress in, I believe it's comedy or musical category uh, for the film Farewell, which I want to go see. I saw the trailer for it, it looked really good. So. Shout out to her. I actually like Aquafina. And Parasite won for best international, no, best foreign film. And I really enjoyed the director, um, Bong Joon Ho, um, saying that once you get over the one inch barrier, that is subtitles. You know, you, you will be opened up to a new world, which is very true. It baffles me how people will literally shut themselves off from something just because it doesn't happen to be in English. I, I'm someone who's been watching Bollywood films as a teenager. I have been forced to watch Nollywood films while doing my hair. 
really don't like Nigerian films, really, really hate them, except for the wedding party. And now I watch Korean, <laughs> Korean TV, I listen to Korean music, but I've also been watching anime, and we should really not even be watching anime dubbed, we should watch it in the voice and the tone it was intended, and read the subtitles, not everything that has to be in English, I think those of us who are English speaking, we are so spoiled, we forget that most of us speak English due to colonisation by force or by fire situations, but there's so much out there, and then the nerve of it, like, films that are in different languages are not given nearly the respect that they deserve, and then you have these Western companies try and remake these same films. Like, I think they're trying to remake um, the film, is it Train to Busan? And how many, how many anime films have been flopped because Western, because like Hollywood got hold of it and ruined it? We saw it happen with The Last Airbender. Dragon Ball Z, Death Note, Ghost in a Shell, I was like, just leave it to the Japanese, the Koreans, the black people, like, whatever, if we make something, bad enough you don't want to give it any shine, but then when it does do well, you want to take it, whitewash it, and then expect that it will still have the same, if not better, results no, sorry, 2020 people know better. And speaking of knowing better, guess who should know better? The BAFTAs. Why? Because the BAFTAs, again, have proven that the industry does not know. (sighs) They do not know how to give people of colour the things that they deserve. I am fuming over the fact that Lupita was not nominated for Best Lead Actress for us. Like, I don't watch horror films. In fact, I don't like horror films. I hate horror films. And I still went to watch Us. I went to see Of the Strength of Lupita and the Strength of Jordan Peele. The film is is decent. It's all right. But her performance, playing, playing, playing Adelaide and then her tethered, like... The tethered version of Lupita was terrifying. That voice that she put on the woman, she played two people and she did it flawlessly. And it's one of those performances where you really turn around and you're like, how dare you not give her the props that she deserved? There was, again, so many people that should have been nominated for BAFTAs and didn't, and I do not know how the BAFTAs, like, had the goal to nominate Margot Robbie twice for Bombshell, even though, but Bombshell is a film about white women who were, like, sexually assaulted or harassed at Fox, and the film critics were so harsh on it, it tanked at the boss at the box office. So why on earth is it being nominated for a BAFTA? Uh, 
I'm not taking away anything from Margot Robbie as an actress. She is a good actress. But this was not the film to nominate her for. This is a joke. And it inspired the hashtag online, uh, BAFTAs So Why. And then the BAFTAs came and started saying, you know, the industry needs to be more diverse. I was like, are you trolling us? Because you are the industry. You are literally the people who saw all this plethora of work. And you're like, that white person, that white person, that white person, that white person. Ah. It's just, it's frustrating to see that, you know, we make a hashtag and the industry nominates a whole bunch of black people and not even really Asian people, maybe one or two. They nominate a whole bunch of black people the next year and then it goes back to the same status quo. And then we have to make a noise again and then it goes back to the same status quo. I'm like, why can't you just change? Why can't you do better? You can't even give the same tired excuses about oh you know well black films don't do well internationally we've seen that they do you can't say that a film with an all black lead or an all black cast or an all asian cast can't sell because they do and the projects are good like Ava DuVernay's When They See Us which showed the story of the Exonerated Five or what they used to be called the Central Park Five was was the most watched film on Netflix at the time it was released like and the performances were so strong that you know it got Emmy nominations stop with the excuses because, like I said earlier uh, with Beyonce, representation helps everyone. You will never be at a loss for showing people in their light, in their full form, and recognising their achievements for it. It's not hard. Like, wouldn't you rather just nominate people, give them the props that they deserve, than constantly being dragged on Twitter? Like, it cannot be fun. But this world, it's it's tiring. And speaking of tiring, I am tired of this wily, stormsy beef. I'm tired of it because I feel like Stormzy won before he even started. I feel like Stormzy won with or without the diss track. I feel like he won even with their second diss track. Because, and I say that he won, because Stormzy is Stormzy. He reached number one with his song with Ed, with Ed Sheeran and Burner Boy. Like, Stormzy had a great 2019, and Stormzy's only going to continue to do better. And do you know how pressed and pathetic Wiley looks? And I'm going to say yeah, the man looks pathetic. I understand that he's one of the godfathers of grime. And I don't think anyone's going to ever take that away from him. But I think what we're constantly going to remember him for is the fact that he always takes issue with anyone in grime that comes after him that 
gets a little bit of shine or even a lot of shine because Stormzy is not even the first like newcomer or not even newcomer I don't want to say newcomer but he's not the first one of the younger grime generation that Wiley's even come after he's done this to Krepton Conan he's done this to Chipmunk and I don't understand I'm like why don't you want to see people be successful why don't you want to see them grow because with Krypton Conan, you said they weren't keeping it true, true to grime. You started on Stormzy, I believe it started in 2019, when he was saying that, what is it, that the people on his London song weren't even from London. Like, oh my gosh, sir, why do you care? Aren't you too old for this? You are literally too old to be going doing back and forth on Twitter and then on your diss track saying that, you know, you'll rip his mum's weave off. Ah, is no one else tired? Is no one else just looking at Wiley like, you, like, you're really like my dad's age? Can, can you relax? Can you calm down? Can, can you do better? This cannot be all like this cannot be off the strength of the fact that Ed Sheeran didn't call him back. Like what what is this? Can someone offer me more insight into this? Because it's pathetic. Actually don't offer me more insight into this. Because I actually don't care enough. But Stormzy, continue to do your thing. But on a more positive note, the thing that I have wait, been waiting for is finally here. BTS are back. Who child? We have been waiting. Um, <laughs> like, this makes me giddy. So much joy. So, yesterday, uh, BTS put on their Twitter just the number seven and then they announced that the name of the new album is going to be called map of the soul seven i am laughing at every single one of you who swore on your mama's lives on your lives on everyone who you hold dear's life that this album was going to be called a map of the soul shadow or ego i'm yes a seller <laughs> I am laughing at you because I said so many times like BTS don't, don't, they don't do what we want them to do. Like we can theorize, we can speculate. They will never do what we think that they are going to do. They don't play that game. They love stressing us out and, you know, watching like Twitter fall apart whenever they do something it's it's been a whirlwind so what they did yesterday was also release basically the combat schedule which is something completely and utterly new we usually get um what is it we usually get like the date for the combat trailer the combat trailer is like the intro song for the album then we'll get concept photos, 
teaser for the music video and then we'll get you know the album release date nope they decided to change the game they put up a picture which has phase one which has combat trailer january 10th and january 14th connect bts um online then january 14th connect bts london 15th connect bts berlin 17th uh first single release an art and film performance phase two january 21st uh bts i can't read what that says sorry guys uh january 28th connect bts and soul february 3rd combat trailer ego um february 5th connect bts new york phase three february 10th concept photos one 11th concept photos two february 12th concept photos three february 13th concept photos four february 17th the track list will be announced february 21st album release as well as performance on bts with lead single and then 28th the official music video for the lead single basically what all of that means is that the fandom is in chaos what the hell does connect bts mean what does connect bts london i'm stressed just thinking about it because does that mean that there's like a special space in london that we have to meet that i don't know what this means but bts love confusing me and this is why i have refused to be one of those people last year who was like whinging and whining and complaining that you know we want new music from bts um where's the new album because there's only been one comeback last year and for those who listen to my podcast who are not korean fans a comeback is basically an album release and in korea artists will do maybe two comebacks a year i don't like rushing artists when it comes to music because rushed music will not be good music so i'm perfectly happy to sit and wait for bts to bring out their music because i just feel like it'll be a better body of work the guys have had months they've also months to work on the album they've also had time off they've had the break that they absolutely deserved and so this means that you know i have i have hope that this album is going to be really good and if we're going to keep it 100 we got plenty of music from bts last year we got the album as well as we got the three songs for the bts um game soundtrack we got um sugar producing we don't talk together by he's also song request which he produced and was wasn't the song that he did with epic high last year as well we got rm featuring horn um crying over you apps no that was horn featuring rm but i absolutely love that song more horn and rm please like Taeyang did go gave us Winter Bear. Jin gave us a song. 
um, we got Sugar's interlude with Halsey at the end of last year. Like, we have not been BTS staffed, guys. Come on. But back to today. Um, we got the comeback interlude with the one and only Sugar or Minyungi or August D. And guys, I really freaking love this song. It's called um, Interlude 7. It's a comeback trailer and... First of all, we already know that Yoongi is an amazing rapper, one of the best in South Korea. I'm just going to say this out. I think that BTS have got the strongest rap line in the whole of South Korea. Feel free to fight me on it if you don't agree. But I'm never going to be the person to say I like every BTS song. I truly don't. And I'll tell you the ones that I don't like and I'll tell you all the reasons why. This is a song I really really like it's definitely gonna make my playlist but even more than i like the song i really like the music video it's one of those videos where you have to you have to watch it more than once because you can see like i had to (laughs) sneak into the toilets at work and watch it in the toilet because i was not not going to see it on the day on the hour in within the five minutes that it was released and it was truly worth it uh the the video basically portrays the 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 struggles of fame um the the lack of privacy cameras constantly in your face um and just the lyrical content Yungi gives us has always been spectacular. But something that I picked up on was that the the song in itself really fits in nicely with Sugar's interlude, which is on Halsey's latest album. And Sugar's interlude is a really good song. And both Halsey and Yungi are talking about, I'm trying to find the balance between fame and the fame comes with achieving my musical dreams. But the things that are wrapped up in fame are not great. And I'm considering giving it up. And Interlude Shadow is an expansion of that. Like Those of us who are BTS fans know about their struggles. Know about how hard it was for them to come up in the South Korean industry. Especially since they were not one of artists from the big three companies and now that they've reached this stage where they're internationally known they're not just the biggest group in the Korea; they're the biggest group in the world everything the pitfalls that come with that and if nothing else I really implore you to watch the music video because it's just even take away the fact that it's a k-pop prior k-pop artist it's just a really solid beautifully shot video and I would I need to know who the creative director is but to some extent I do feel sorry for celebrities like if you're just 
take away re- reality TV stars, whatever, those who are just in it for the work, who enjoy being singers and rappers and, you know, actors and actresses, whatever. Having your privacy invaded, having things like your phone hacked, you know, people coming and saying awful stuff about your children. And that's just in the Western world. When you look at, like, the things that Korean artists have to go through, you know, constantly, constantly working. Like, we just said people expect two comebacks a year, stuff like that. Not being able to see their families, you know, the the, the resistance to having artists be in relationships we we see how like dispatch have that thing every year where you know they um, unleash information about which idols are in a relationship which causes a lot of turmoil for artists and this year they didn't do it thankfully even though the news about um Hitchcock and Momo from twice came out which is another conversation that I really don't want to have right now. But we know that for South Korean, for South Korean um, artists, it's even worse. Um, Sasangs, which are stalkers, coming after them and getting on the same flights as them, like buying flight information, that is something that blows my mind. And honestly, I don't know how South Korea hasn't taken it as a risk of national security because you should not be able to buy someone's flight information. If you are able to buy the flight information of a celebrity, what is going to stop someone one day from flying, um, buying the flight information of, you know, a diplomat or like a government official? Please, that is something that they sincerely need to do better by. And that's the, that's the scrutiny that BTS are under and even worse. And I need to go back and dissect the video some more. I've only been able to watch it once. I can't wait to get into it again. I can't wait to add to it to my playlist. Do you see what happens when you just give your artist time to breathe and just let them do their music? <sighs> Guys, I'm excited. Like, the hot palpitations we get during comeback season. Oh, we're not going to rest. Like, that BTS schedule didn't even give us the tour dates. And we all know that that's going to be the freaking Hunger Games. And so, there ends our pop culture segment. But I'm going to end it by talking about the storm in my heart. See what I did there? We started with soulful ended with storm hey but i'm going to talk about what has me raging and that is the price of k-pop concerts now this has been this has been ignited by the release of super m's um tour date schedule for london and the ticket prices. Now I'm going to read this to you. Because I screenshot it. And sent it to my friends. Because we have been planning to go. But I'm very upset. At these prices. So. 
they're planning to hold this concert in the O2 Arena, which I'm just going to say I think is a tad ambitious, but go off SM. So, the tickets start at £68 for the back, back, back of the O2. Then they go up to £98. Then a hundred and forty-eight, then a hundred and eighty-eight. Now, you guys can't see this floor pan, but what I'm telling you is that to have a decent view of the stage, like just a half decent view, you would need to get the one hundred and forty-eight pound tickets, which will not include tax. I am upset. Now, I think anyone who's into K-pop who has bought tickets for any K-pop concert, probably K-Con, whatever, you already go into it knowing that you will pay a little bit more than the average concert. I paid... More to see GOT7 than I did to see Jay-Z and Beyonce. With BTS, it was the same as seeing Jay-Z and Beyonce. Bearing in mind, Jay-Z and Beyonce and BTS all played in stadiums. GOT7 was in Wembley SS. Super Emma playing in the O2. How can you justify me having to pay £150 for tickets that will essentially still be nosebleeds. <sighs> I am enraged. I am actually enraged. Because I want to see Super M. But I am not invested enough in any of those members. To, to, to pay this much. And to pay the money that is actually in my budget I, I can't do it it won't be worth it because to stand on the ground which anyone I think who knows has been to O2 will know is not a great idea if you're short it won't it won't work it simply won't fly because everyone at the concert this concert is going to be standing up I am five foot nothing and I cannot get seats on the floor I have to be in the bleachers for me to be in the stands or the bleachers whatever you call them I will have to pay 148 pound before tax Super M have one album with six tracks now the saving part of Super M is the fact that they're made up of um, you know artists who are from different groups NCT EXO Taming from Shining, they are all obviously going to, like, you know, perform their individual songs, and from what I've seen of fans who went to the Super M concert in America, the concert of itself is going to be really good, and I have no doubt of that, because they've picked the elite of each group, like, it's Taemin, it's Taeyong from NCT, and Mark from NCT, and Lucas, and Ten from NCT Wavy. It is Kai from Shiny. Let, not Shiny, good God, what did I just say? It's Kai from EXO. 
guys, if if nothing else, if you never listen to anything I say, just Google Kai from EXO. The guy is living proof that God takes extra time with some human beings. Not all of us are that blessed, but it's proof that God takes extra time. Because Kai is a literal work of art. He is gorgeous. And he is a wonderful singer. And he is an amazing dancer. And did I mention he's gorgeous? And it's Beck Young from EXO, who... A vocal king. Now, no one in this group is slacking, so I don't doubt that, you know, this this concert is going to be good. I'm just vexed at the, at the pricing. Like, how do you justify this? I'm never going to get over when my friends and I were looking into getting tickets to see Blackpink. And anyone who knows me knows that, you know, I'm not a Blackpink fan at all. I do not rock with their music. But it was for our friend. We wanted to get her tickets as a birthday present, so we are going to go as collective, and Black Blackpink YG were charging £96 for Blackpink tickets in the nosebleeds. Again, not a stadium, a regular arena, and Blackpink don't even have a full album. They don't have a full album, they have 14 songs, that includes Jenny's solo, and they were going to charge £96 for Nobody's. I'm so sorry. K-pop tickets are a joke. <laughs> they need to, We need to riot. It's not fair. They can't keep doing this. They actually can't. They do this to us because they know. They know that we want to see them. They know that we don't have the access to them the same way that South Koreans do. And may I also make mention that this Super M... Tickets do not include VIP like high touches, backstage anything. It's just, let's just ask you to pay extortionate prices. This has got, we don't even know what the merch is going to be like. I'm not getting Super M merch. I'm just not doing it. I don't even get BTS merch. I'm not going to get Super M merch. No. Guys, I'm upset. But, let me breathe. I'm going to incite a rebellion. Chaos and rebellion drama is what I do. I'm a sign rebellion. We're not having this. But <laughs> on that note, I thank you guys for listening to the first podcast of 2020. Find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, A Soulful Storm. Follow the blog, it's on WordPress. Follow me, Tasha Sampa, on Instagram and Sampa Tasha on Twitter. Please share love and support for the podcast. I appreciate you guys so much and I will talk to you soon. Have a good one.